This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Live from Estopan All In. It's the Vamos Morados Podcast. Powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Vamos Marauders podcast. My name is Benson. I'm Zach. We haven't done this in a while, have we, Zach? I know. We're, we're rusty. We're, we're, yeah. we're used to being in the nice radio studio. I know. We're, we're very rusty. So to help us with this rust, we brought in a special guest. Say hello, Evan. Hello, Evan. No, I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, I'm excited to see whether or not I still have anything to contribute to this kind of conversation. <laughs> We are going to go over kind of season recaps for both racing and Louisville City. And what better person to bring in is Evan, who I always really enjoyed listening to you on the other podcasts. I think you're a really good speaker and you're very knowledgeable, too. So I thought you were a perfect choice to to chat with us about how our teams did in 2022. Well, I say we just end it right there. Uh, I'm, I'm very knowledgeable and a good speaker and we'll just call it. And guys, I appreciate you having me. I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> he got his accolades. I used to listen to yeah. your your pod so much that in the back of my head every time we do our intro i, I want to say coming to you live <laughs> i i thought about i thought about breaking out the old salutations but i decided <laughs> against it uh, i'm on your show and uh let's let's roll the way you guys like to roll we like to keep it casual we'll talk about our teams and why don't we go out ladies first let's start with talking about uh racing louisville in their 2022 season kind of set the, the framework here. I'm going to go over some stats because you know what? We're not on the radio. We have no time constraints and we can talk about this nerd shit. You Nobody's going to get mad at us. All nerd stuff we want when we're not on the radio. Yeah, we get told not to on the radio. And I get it, but this is our spot. So we're going to do that. So racing went, had five wins, eight draws, nine losses for 23 points. That's 1.05 points per game, ending in ninth. For comparison, 2021 was five wins, seven draws, 12 losses for 22 points at 0.92 points a game at ninth. So not exactly a huge leap forward, but a very slight one. Well, I guess for context, I think ninth out of 10 is different than ninth out of 12. <laughs> a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at largely in the, in the context of number yeah. of wins and, and points per game. Not necessarily the leap forward we would have wanted or hoped for, but forward progress in in some regards. Yeah, I think that the uh, I think that the the win loss record is maybe not uh, the the jump that uh, you wanted to see, but I think that if you look at the at the fact that that many draws that tells you that you were awfully close to something pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're also awfully close to something pretty bad, but I like seeing that number of draws. And especially if you break it out even further and you see that uh, of the nine losses, five of those are by one goal. And so, yeah, what you're putting in on the actual uh, on the actual record score sheet maybe still doesn't look like where we want it to be. I think that you can see racing getting closer to what you want. And, you know, a difference of five goals on this season is a difference in 
darn near 15 points all by itself. And so you're talking about really a chance to see something really good. So the progress, not huge on the record book, but uh, I think huge in terms of the actual, the closeness to being a relevant team. Well, and, and that's that's with a, a really, really long winless streak in the middle there. I mean, if, if you look at just how the team finished the season, I, I think, I think a lot of people maybe, I think a lot of people's view of the season really turned around the end because they did finish so strong. And if you look at like a whole season where they played the way they did in that last couple weeks of the season, I think looks a lot different. Yeah. And having kind of your, your point before about the draws is and one thing that Zach and I, we've, we've talked about before. It doesn't feel like we felt closer in, in a lot of games for, like in, with, with some of the losses went out particularly and these draws were, I mean, well, pretty close. So I don't like, I don't know how to describe it, but like it, it felt like some of these were, these results were a little more, more palatable. We weren't getting absolutely crushed in, in most of the games. And Zach, to your point, yeah, the wins at the end of the season certainly did help. And I think that was a, a good positive optimistic note to, to end the season on. They came a little later than we would have liked, but, uh, but I can't help but thinking back to that long winless streak. Like, man, it was, it was, it was tough there for a while. How, how long that went on. Yeah. Well, well I think the, you know, go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. I was say, they, they didn't have leaps and bounds improvement, but they had modest improvement pretty much everywhere. I mean, they scored, they scored a couple more goals than last year. They gave up a couple less goals than last year. I mean, like they, they made small progress across the board, but it was no, no big leaps anywhere. Well, and I think that you can look at the idea that that the improvement came late in the year, that the improved results came late as not just a good jumping off point for next year, but also as a little bit of a result of all the roster turnover. So throughout the course of the season, you had so many players coming in, going out, so many changes that were being made. And I know that that was frustrating for a lot of the fans is trying to trying to get behind this team while some of our favorites are going out the door. But I think it's also a, a good indication of Kim putting his spin on what he wants this team to be. And so while some fan favorites left town, I think that you have to let Kim coach the team the way he wants to coach the team. And you got to figure that he had the roster closer to what he's looking for by the end of the year. And the results started to show some signs of optimism for that by the end of the year. Yeah. The roster stuff felt like a slow drip all, all season, um, you know, for a number of factors, partly because uh, I think they got coach Kim in a little, little late to make a lot of the, the off season moves, but yeah, like Evan, like you're saying, like we're, we're starting to see it come together as vision. You also have to think that there are a lot of young players who get in some very critical minutes on the pitch, you know, like Sav and Jalen, both great players, but they're, you know, they're only going to get better. And that, that time that they've had on this pitch this season was going to be huge. And I think setting them up for a, uh, for big 2023, but well, and but the, yeah, I do good. Uh, the, the team seemed to really target overseas players as far as signings go, which sort of forced just due to the schedules. A lot of those signings had to come mid season. Um, so I'm curious coming into this next season, if, if that's going to be another target or if we'll see more, more of the moves moves in the actual off season rather than in the middle of the year. Yeah. yeah, You have to, you have to hope that, uh, that they thicken the roster a little bit in terms of uh, the number of players available. Uh, You also have to hope that uh, a full off season, uh, including player recruitment, 
uh, farther away from the, the the disaster of the of the Holly era and into the the Kim era, and that that you got to hope that he's able to put his imprint on it because what I want to see coming into 2023 is more of a clear identity of what this team wants to be. And I, I think that that's what I'm looking for in this off season. Cause it felt like it started to come around by the end of the year. Uh, and I, I want to see that solidify for 2023. And this is getting into 2023 stuff a little bit, but fingers <laughs> crossed if the, I mean, the team is currently looking for a GM, but if, if they're able to get a GM that has experience and knows the knows people around the league, that should help with some of the domestic recruitment. I would think having a dedicated racing GM, especially if it's someone like who uh, with experience around the league. So that, that could it's help gotta, gotta get a lot of moves done in this off season rather than waiting for the international. Uh, yeah. Sign yeah I hope that's the case. Period. And Evan, you hit on, uh, two things that've really triggered me about racing one is the um the lack of the identity you know it, it kind of bothers. I, I i i skew pretty pretty optimistic with, with things i don't think that's a the secret of anything but you know when we lost ebony salmon like okay i can get it if she doesn't fit but the excuse is that that we're a pressing team and she wasn't pressing and then i think it that match immediately after that like the team didn't press at all like i <laughs> That, that, that just bothered me. It just, I don't know. I get that you have to kind of change your style for the, for the oppositions, but nothing ever seemed to really work that well. So it seems more like we lack an identity rather than we're flexible with one. And then the other thing is that the shallow roster that coach Kim seems to like with few players, like that just makes me so nervous. I just, I'm just not a fan of that. I hope that it's one of those things that maybe worked for him in other leagues. And he's kind of fine out here like, Oh, it's probably better if I, kind of adjust this one so i don't know we'll, we'll see on that one but those yeah those are two things that really bother me I, I agree and i think that it's it's the old chicken of the egg conversation about whether a coach needs to to style his style of play based off of the kind of players he has that are best or does do the players that are brought in need to reflect the style of play that the coach wants i mean the bottom line is you've got three or four truly you know, special building block pieces on this team when you're looking at uh, DeMello and Fox, when you're looking at what uh, Katie Lund was able to do behind the net, when you're talking about the the midfield with Jalen and, and some exciting young pieces. But the question becomes, do you build a system around what they do really well? Or do you just stubbornly say, hey, I've got the way I play and we're going to go after it. And I think that this coming year is the year where Kim's going to have to make that clear to the entire fan base of, hey, they can play the way I want or I can adjust to what they do well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do think that's an improvement I'd like to see next year is that I I feel like some of it was style play. Some of it was just position we're in. Some of it was just you know, how good the team was, but it does feel like the team did not consistently get the best out of the team's best players last season. And so that like moving into next year, that's a thing I'd like to see done a lot better. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like, um, like someone like Emily Fox, she's very good, but I, it, it didn't, it didn't feel like last season, like, we saw the best Emily Fox 
in a racing jersey. I, I think when you see what, I mean, the team's never going to be as good as the national team. It's like an all-star team. But if you look at how she's able to play on the all-star team and how, or on, on the national team and, and get forward and, and with racing now, it seems like a, a lot of that freedom because she has so many more defensive responsibilities. Um, like I, I would just like to see next year, some players play their best for racing. Uh, Lauren Malay is a perfect example of that. Like this is not a, not a knock against her at all, but the continued usage of her is like an outside back. Like that just, that just bothered me. I feel like that's something that like having like a full roster would have helped her prevent it. Um, and you know, again, she, I think she, I think she did a respectful job in this, in, in that role, but that's ultimately not where her strengths lie. So, so I, I hope we don't see, I hope that was more of a, necessity of the moment sort of thing last season and not so much part of the plan for next season. Yeah. I, I would imagine that defenders and, and outside backs are like priority number one, as far as player recruitment, this offseason goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm well, realizing everything that I want to say about this racing team is, is sort of couched by the idea of what I want to see next year. Yeah. I'm realizing that as probably, um, a bit of a uh, – it's a bit because we didn't get what we wanted on the field this year. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's Louisville, and with Louisville soccer fans, it tends to be win or you don't have my attention. And it was harder to keep the attention of the fans this year with a team that it didn't feel for the vast majority of the middle of the season, like they were going to win games. And so everything that I'm thinking about this team is, is around the idea of what do I see them doing next year? Just because everything that I thought about the team this year was, Oh, this is almost it, but not quite. Yeah. So with, with that said, I want to kind of talk about some of the players that were, were new to the roster for last season Rather than, I guess, fully talking about their performance from last season, why don't we talk about kind of our expectations, hopes, their thoughts in general, or forward-looking are for some of these people. Um, first, I'd list it Savannah DeMello. I thought she, you know, personally, I thought she was a, a breakout star. I think she was overshadowed at, least at the very beginning a little bit by Jalen Howell being the higher draft pick. But, I mean, she showed out from, from day one and, I really impressed from the get-go and I think only got better as the season progressed and I'm hoping the, that ne- the bright yeah. spot for the whole season on the team for me oh yeah yeah she she brings something to the table that nobody else on the team does uh and Perhaps the the thing that's most stands out to me is that is that my favorite Katie Lund I thought had an unbelievable year and I'm not, I'm not trying specifically to talk about Katie right now I just bring her up because so much of what she does is being such a physical presence and such a, a, a an athlete and I thought that the thing that Savannah brought to the table in a way that I just wasn't anticipating was it was just the sheer technical quality which I, I felt like the team was lacking in a lot of places and so having somebody who can do that is just it's special and useful and and she i agree breakout yeah i yeah. mean that an incredible combination of technical skill and quality as well as just like grit and hustle uh, i think she I, I would guess she spent the most time 
on the ground, <laughs> maybe in the league. Uh, I mean, just seemed to always fight every single game, every single minute. Uh, and to have that as well as her technical skills. Yeah. I, I'm, she was the bright spot for the season. And I'm really looking forward to seeing year two for her. Yeah. It's nice to have another uh, kind of a free kick assassin like Amina and, and Savannah DeMello having options there, being able to make the most out of the set pieces. Um, so kind of along the same uh, same lines as Savannah DeMello, Jalen Howe, like, I think them, uh, that us getting both of them together was was helpful for both of them. We really added that important depth for the for the midfield. And it's, it's allowing them, I think, an opportunity to kind of bond and build some cohesion right away. Um, I mean, Jalen was was really good. My question for you guys, do you get do you guys think that she lived up to the expectations placed upon her being such a high draft pick? I think I think she got there by the end of the season. I think maybe some people had just because of the the kind of breakout year that Rodman and Fox had the year before, I think maybe ex- expectations might have been a little too high of how quick she would she would reach the expectations, but I do think I mean she got steadily better as the year went and and by the end of the year looked like the player I think everyone was expecting. So I, I, it's hard to expect a lot more than that from a rookie. Yeah, yeah. For me, I think that it's, it's a little bit of what Benton says that I think that it helped her as a player and with the team that uh, Savannah came in at the same time. Uh, but I think that it hurts her by comparison. I think because Savannah was, was so eye poppingly good at times, it made the the contributions that Jayla was making not seem as, as, immediately recognizable and so I think that while it was good for her development and it will be good for her as a player I think that it does take some of the shine off of what she does and what she did well and so I'm really again optimistic that give her a full off season in this system give her time to have learned the teammates that she's playing with and to trust that she's going to be playing next to the same couple of people I mean think of how different the midfield looked by the end of the season versus the beginning of the season and you're really talking about, you know, some big changes. So I think a little bit of stability is going to go a long way for her game. And, yeah. and I, I think she really, I, I think she, you could see her take another big leap forward if the team is able to put a, a more solid back line behind her. Because I think, I think one thing that really hampered her transition from college to the pros and, and with the style that, that she's so good at playing, like she's a ball winner. She likes to, to go in and disrupt and, and, and go after balls. And I think she was used to, for Florida State, had just a rock-solid backline behind her. So she was able to maybe take some chances and go for some riskier um, uh, plays it, where she, she really had to learn on the field this season how to, how to play more defensive-minded uh, and, and take fewer chances than she was used to just because she did not have that all world backline behind her like she was used to. But I, mm-hmm. I think if the team's able to improve back there, you, you'll see her, I think, be able to play more in her natural style as well. Hit that second year bump. It's the dream. All right. Um, next up I have is uh, Jessica McDonald. I thought. She's, I mean, 
first off, like, like off the pitch is like having a, like a team leader and such like a veteran to the league is so in, invaluable. And I'm really happy that we were able to, to get her for those reasons. And even on the pitch, I thought, I think she's a, a great player. I think that, um, she didn't really necessarily get the opportunity to, to provide as much service as she has in years past, like racking up the assists and whatnot. But I, th- I, I, w- I was always really intrigued watching her. She was probably one of the smartest players on either racing or Louisville city, as far as knowing like, w- like when to go all out for a ball, when not to. And I don't, I just, I just love little, little traits like that. But, um, well, there's there's no sacrifice. There's no there's no uh, replacing that level of experience in the league. Uh, I mean, knowing mm-hmm. when to go for it and when to sort of conserve your energy, knowing when I can play a first time ball in versus oh, I better beat this player off the dribble or we're not getting anything out of this. Like the experience that she brings to an otherwise extremely young team. I mean, I know Gemma was was there and that Nadia is around the team. But I mean, ultimately, the vast majority of that team is very young and very raw. And so having somebody like that up at the top of the field to be able to sort of occasionally pick the tempo for you, it's it's invaluable. And I think a, a year of letting some of those younger, fresher legs be able to develop into the game and run onto some of those quality balls that she can play is is going to is going to make a very big difference. Yeah, and you can really tempo. you found you found the words I was struggling to find there. That's that's kind of what I was trying to get at with that one. I think when Nadia was back, you could really see like how I, unfortunate the injury situation was this season because when the two of them were on the field together, that's the best the team probably looked the whole year in the attack because she really all season needed that that finisher to play off of uh to really get the best out of her skill set and so i i do think i think she gave the team everything that we expected from her off the field as far as veteran presence and i think you got to see when 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 the personnel was correct on the field how how great of a of an assister and a setup player she she can be with with the correct uh forwards playing with her yeah i think her, her value will will scott will leap even higher if we're able to kind of build a, a fuller stronger roster around her then i think we'll really get to see the best of her but i think it was a little challenging with it being such a green team um next new player i had up here was Julia Lester was kind of interesting one. I thought she had some, she had some good highs. There was moments where I thought she was really impressive, but then I think she also had some pretty not so great moments. So I'm kind of somewhere in the middle with her. What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, I, I thought uh, I could see how good she would be on, on a team with maybe a different, play style than than Louisville had because she was so good with the ball at her feet and getting forward and and just the way racing played last year there were not a lot of opportunities to take advantage of that and and all and like any any time she would get forward I think you mentioned like there was always a risk of if if you turn the ball over (laughs) like the team is not going to be able to uh uh adjust to that so I I I was impressed with her and, and I think 
I think she is a solid piece on the roster. I think it just depends at moving forward on, on what the play style from the team is going to look like next season. I just realized she's only, sorry. I I just realized she's only 24 too. So it looks like she's still going to, she's still relatively new. I mean, Savannah DeMello is only 23. Jalen's 22. So she's kind of right there with him. I didn't realize how young she was. Sorry, go ahead, Devin. No, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to have heard that because I would have, I would have pegged her as being more in the 27, 28 range. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that tells you what, I think that the, the real key for me with Lester was that she, she very rarely stood out to me positively or negatively. Uh, I, I understand that, you know, there were, that there were moments of, of both, but it seems to disappear in the games for me. Uh, and that can be attributed to the team being what it was, but it can also be attributed a little bit to, I, I just didn't think that, that it, I apologize. I just stepped on one of my son's toys. Um, the, uh, I, I tended to think there wasn't much for me to judge her off of uh, for a lot mm-hmm. of the season. And so uh, that could be my own personal biases of how I watched the game. But uh, in general, it was just, I very rarely thought, ah, that is the key or the the doom of this team. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, that's a kind of a fair assessment. I'm just, I think back to a few pivotal moments kind of in her role. There was a few things where I, I, pretty early on, I was a big fan of hers. And then I think as the season progressed, probably when we were in that big slump, she had some few questionable moments. So some highs and lows there, but again, still relatively young. So still a lot of room for growth. Again, yeah, I, I like, like you said, Evan, I was expecting her to be in the in the late twenties part, so I think that's good. I'll take it. All right, Alex. Yeah, Chidiak. if you're gonna if you're going to be uh, um, a, a a rotation player or a consistent nailed down starter in the league, better to be twenty four and figuring it out than twenty seven and figuring it out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Next player I had listed was Alex Chidiak, which Zach and I are, are fans. It's gonna be of. very, very been, hard we've to be quiet about, about this one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, aside from being a, 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 a great person, um, I I liked what I saw from her um, out on the pitch. I think that um, the uh, this first season was was some learning for her coming into the NWSL, one more more competitive leagues. But I thought she she did well to hold her own, and I think with with more experience in this league, and um, and at this level, that she's going to t- continue to grow up. Because like some of the other one, uh, other players, we'll say this a lot. She's she's rather young as well. So, what are your guys' thoughts on her? I think she's another one of the those pieces where the the opportunity to be a, a key cog is it still exists. I thought that uh, the, the thing that stood out to me the most about her season was you can see it. You can see a way for her to be a regular starter in this league. You can see her being a contributing player in this league. And that's to me, the, the biggest, the biggest hurdle for any of these players is trying to figure out do i have do i belong here and as soon as you know that a player can belong then you start molding them into what you want and hoping that they can grow as a unit and as a team so that, that's what i'm hoping is the exciting bit yeah the the moments were there like you you could see uh i mean she was definitely adjusting to just the, the speed of play and the, the physicality of the league but 
there were like those couple of moments every game where you could see the potential there for for her to be like a, a regular starter and like a, a good player in the league. So I, I I think she didn't get a full off season with the team last year, and so I I, I she's another one I'm looking forward to seeing next season that they get a full full training camp in a full off season. Um, I, I, I expect to see positive growth from her next season. Yeah. All right. Um, next by list, it was Satara Murray, who I was, I was pretty pleased with. I can certainly still, I, I mean, I know defense is one of our, our biggest opportunities with this squad, but she's certainly somebody I could still being thing in the mix in some capacity. Um, you know, as much as I liked uh, Gemma Bonner, I think that that her her departing was mutually beneficial. I didn't think that she was going to be the answer there. I think Satara could be a, a good rotation option in a in a totally revamped back line. But I'm I'm eager to hear your guys' thoughts on her performance. So I, and we I, were eager to hop in there. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I just wanted, I, I, I feel basically the same way that you do there. I think that, that Gemma leaving is going to create opportunity. Um, I know we're not specifically reviewing how the back line performed, but I think that Gemma Bonner was, I mean, she's a legend. And so you start there, but I think that her best years were not racing Louisville years. And that being said, I think that her not being with the team next year is going to create opportunities for players like Murray to be able to step in and say, I, I belong here. I can, I can hold down, I can hold down one of these slots if you need me to for six games. And if I get it for six games, then look out, maybe I'll be the player for 22 of them. But mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't think that this year she showed that, but I also didn't think she had the opportunity to consistently show that with a, a consistent back line. Yeah, it, it's hard to really – because there was so much movement on the back line and, you know, the, the, the defense just in general was not great for the whole season. It's, it's really hard to evaluate individual defenders, but it, she definitely did look like someone who could be a, a solid rotation player in the league. Um, mm-hmm. But – I do feel like next season, if we if we go into the season and and she is like the for sure starter on the roster, I'm a little concerned about our depth in the on the back line. But I, I think uh, like if she's a rotation player next season, uh, th- that we I feel just fine about that rolling for the whole season. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's what I'm ultimately expecting is for her to be a, a rotation option. But uh, you know, who's to say if we're not pleasantly surprised that she could be a I think starter? She's also f- fairly young too, right? Uh, I got this page pulled up. Uh, where is she at? Um, she is 28. Uh, 28. No, probably. Yeah. So. Uh, next player I had listed was Zanetta Wynn. and. I'll be honest. I don't have a lot to say on her. Uh, it, she never really act, jumped out on the on the page for me. Uh, I the staff. I think she bailed the I mean, she bailed the team out in a team where they really <laughs> were in a lot of trouble depth wise. Um, yeah. and, and I think I think filled that job well. But I I don't know moving forward. Uh, 
like you know what her continued role will be i mean they liked her enough to keep her because she was just the, that kind of one year option and then i think she got uh she was one of the first players to to get confirmed for for next year so they liked something there and i think I, she did give them no. she gave them solid depth at at multiple positions i thought she looked decent on the wing and also decent in the back line and so with his uh, especially with Jimma departing, I mean, I, I, it makes sense to keep someone like that on the roster for next season, not knowing yeah. who who's going to be signed in the off season. Yeah, okay. I was going to say I have very little to contribute to the conversation on this particular on this particular player. I, I, I so I won't pretend like I have more knowledge or more in depth analysis than I do. I'll just say that uh, that versatility has a big place and is going to be vital to the team for next year. Just because, especially if you're not going to have a 24 person roster, having yep. those extra bodies to be able to to say, "Hey, we need you to be able to give us minutes here or here or here," mm-hmm. it's enormous. I mean, players make careers out of that, out of being a, a six out of ten at four different spots instead of a nine out of 10 at one spot. Worst case scenario, she adds just a little bit of uh, additional continuity to the team, which I think is, was the recipe for success for, for Louisville city for a long, for a long while. Plus her tattoo game is strong. So it's it's the kind of person you want in the locker room. Damn it. That's (laughs) what I should have contributed. I could have shared that part. (laughs) All right. Here's one where we might have a little bit more say, and I might say her name wrong. Wong Schwong. Did I say that correctly? I always said, you said it right. I said it right. Excellent. I was super pleased with her. We we didn't get to see very much of her at all, but what we did see, I thought was she was pretty exciting player. And I think she, she really added something and could easily, uh, easily be a starter for this team entering out at next season. Um, kind of like some of the other players. I think so, this initial exposure, to the NWSL will is, uh, is going to really pay dividends early next season. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I thought that she was exciting when she was on the field. I thought that she added a dimension of threat that uh, that was not there a lot of the time when she wasn't on the field. And that level of threat, whether that's a person who comes on in the 73rd minute of most games or somebody who can really play a, play a whole game for you, I don't know uh, as a nailed down starter. But I, I thought that having a player like that who just looks like she's got goals in her is it's it's enormous. Yeah, I mean, do you definitely that that initial challenge cup? You saw all of the potential right there, just for, right off the bat. Um, and I do think when when the team moved from challenge cup back to league play, I I, I did see. I mean, it, it looked like it was an adjustment for her to to play against some of the NWS, NWSL teams rather than the international teams from the challenge cup but I, I do think uh, just like some of the other players i mean given given a full off season with the team and and, and some more experience in the league y- you can see where the ceiling is and it's very high for her so so bringing up schwang sort of reminds me i feel like it, coming into the off season the midfield's probably the bright spot for me um do, are you would you guys be fine just rolling with the the midfield that we're carrying in the next season because I, I feel like with the youth I, I that's the one spot on the team where I don't see a super huge need to add a lot of pieces I mean between DeMello and Hal 
and Schwang and Chidiak um, and Malay, hopefully actually playing in the midfield. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm fine just rolling and letting all those players get another year of experience. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's probably room for one more depth signing there, but it could be, I mean, and obviously you're not going to find somebody else like Nadia, but it could be somebody who can play at the top of the midfield or out on a wing or as sort of a, a deep lying nine. But uh, anybody that you can find that adds one piece of sort of experienced depth, I think could be useful. But uh, if, if it was this exact midfield going into next year, I think that you're in okay shape. I was going to say something pretty similar that if, if anything, you, I, I want some sort of uh, experienced depth signing, somebody with experience in the league that can really um, take Jalen and, and Savannah under their wing and, and really help with their development and their position. Um, but at the same time, if that doesn't happen, which I'm going to assume it's not going to based off of Kim's preference to have a smaller roster. Um, but I, I'm at peace with that. It's funny. You know how that went from being one of our biggest weaknesses in year one? To now it's one of our best strengths. So it's strange how drafting two players in the top five <laughs> for that position goes a long way in that respect. Of all right. of my complaints about racing, racing has handled the college draft extremely well, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess other things to uh, to bring up, I mean, we can't, uh, we can't gloss over the fact that there were a lot of roster shakeups this uh this season a lot of departures um not all of them necessarily great um you know you think um um why am i blanking on her name ebony salmon wow uh you know her going off to houston and then immediately dominating that was a pretty uh pretty bad look whether you know, whether she truly was or was not a fit for the team it never um, looks you know, good to names. trade someone mid-season that barely played and then have them make a run at the golden boots, <laughs> the next team. Yeah. Not a good one. Um, you know, the thing with the thing with her situation is that I wish, I, you know, I wish they were more flexible in trying to make her work. And in, in that meantime, while she was still on the roster, rather than just kind of letting her sit there, you know, if, if pressing isn't her strength, <laughs> Then, then you kind of you you work with the pieces that you have. I mean, ultimately, I know he has a vision of how he wants to play, but like you got to work towards it. And I don't feel like they did that in regards to, uh, to leveraging her. I can I can live with the idea that you're saying, hey, this player may be phenomenal, but they don't fit what I want to do. I can live with letting a player like that go, but that means that 2023 has got to work. Like the only reason to be able to say that is that, Hey, I need this whole year to be about making about molding this team into what I want them to be because I can't accommodate this one really nice goal scorer uh, because that'll put me behind schedule for developing what I want. Okay, fine. But then it better work in 2023. Like mm. you get the one year pass from me on that. But uh, going into 2023, it better work because otherwise, if we watch her score 14 goals for another team again, and we're struggling to score goals again, then it's going to be really painful to to have to have that kind of conversation again. Yeah, if the team if the team gets outscored by players that left in the previous year again next year. That's, that's a bad, that's a bad trend. Uh, that, that should hopefully be a one-year thing only. Yeah. You know, we had other people leave like CC, um, S and Merrick. Other uh, staff. Korea, which, what? yeah, I guess, um, 
Freya's uh, departure wasn't necessarily all bad. I mean, it it worked out for her with her aspirations. Well, so I, I guess get more minutes, and then we we actually got something for that. You and, know? and my thing is, even if you have a different style you want to play, it, it's in the interest of the team to get the most out of the players you have while you have them, because then you you can trade them at a higher value. If 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 players are very good, but you're not getting the most out of them for style reasons, then other teams are gonna get them for less than they're worth because they haven't been producing. And that, that does not benefit you as a team to be constantly trading players at below their value. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that we see Louisville soccer through the prism of Lou city, which has had such remarkable consistency in terms of player turnover. And so watching a team that comes into the year, year one, shows some promise a couple of times in year one and you're thinking hey this is going to be fun and then you watch the players who produced most of that fun leave either either during the off season or early in the next season that's tough to watch for people who are used to seeing guys stay with Lou City for four five six seven years uh, when it was an expansion team too and it's one of those places where I think that it's important for Louisville soccer fans to remember that racing Louisville is at the very highest level of soccer. And there's a very big difference between that and what Lou city is, has been able to do. Yep. You brought up a good point, Evan, about the, the continuity thing and, and having trouble watching some of these players leave. And that was exactly the problem. One of my um, seatmates has who's more casual viewer, like the, the losing and the not being great is one thing, but then seeing some of your favorite, your favorites go along with that just makes it a really tough pill to swallow. So I'm hoping that we, we get to that point of continuity sooner than later. And we have not touched on, on, on scandal stuff yet, but it's hard. I think you can't really separate those two things. I don't blame yeah. anyone that left <laughs> that wanted out because yeah. like with what we know about how things went in year one, uh, like it's understandable that maybe a bunch of players don't want to be here <laughs> anymore after that first season. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that's why I included on the, on the list to talk about with racing. Like you can't, you can't tell the story of this team without bringing up that, that scandal as well. And while, while it was in, in near one, I mean, it certainly has had some, some carryover effects, you know, some of these departures were almost certainly related to that. And not to mention like who else could there be in the future? I, for one, like I'm, I'm worried about the Emily Fox situation. Like, will we be able to resign her or, you know, apparently she was one of those players that went to uh, to kind of complain early on. So, you know, does she have a pretty marred uh, vision of the of the club itself? And losing her, that would be that that really set the team back. You know, losing losing a national team regular now. Doesn't come to that. I, I, we can I, worry I about struggle. that next offseason, Bitten. I struggle. I struggle to, to to talk about the ramifications of the scandal really effectively. Uh, I, I, I obviously it's been something that's been at the top of the mind of pretty much every racing fan, and, and obviously there are things about it. I, I know these people. I know basically all the people who are in any way involved in this, and, and have my own personal opinions about them as people and as employees and soccer folk. And so I've been very consistent, but also very vague about what I've said. And I, 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 I won't try to relitigate any of that here today for you guys. I was going to mention that 
I, I was going to propose that we can get you like an NDA bullhorn sound effect if any if you, if anything comes up. I appreciate that. Uh, if I if I feel like I, I cross any boundaries here, I promise I'll I'll I'll, I'll mention it and for uh, for post. But I think that the the thing that I can consistently say is that I think that we should believe women and that we should arrest abusers and that we should fire enablers. And uh, I know that a lot hangs in the balance based off of the off of the uh, the investigation being conducted in theory right now as we speak that should in theory be released any minute. But I have a strong hunch will not be for months. Uh, and so it, it's hard to, to get anybody to have consensus about it until that investigation is released because everybody can just point to that and say, well, we're waiting on this first. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say that I think that the ramifications to the team long term are going to be beyond the people that we've already seen leave now. I think that the, the image of racing Louisville in the league and in the international soccer landscape is, is damaged and how they handle it or so far haven't handled it uh, is, is going to continue to kick that can down the road where people just sort of look at racing Louisville as, uh, as an undesirable place to be. And you just hope that doesn't rub off on potential free agents. You hope that doesn't rub off on, uh, players with the team now. And you hope that the, the, the culture that has to be built from complete scratch is being the, that the work's getting done by Kim, by our new assistant coach, and by whoever they hire as the new GM, and that uh, I hope, I hope, hope, hope that you know this this investigation comes out and says, "Hey, everybody did everything exactly the way we would have wanted them to do it." But if that's not what comes out, then you got to expect that there will be further change in front office personnel. And if that's the case, well, then they've got a lot of work to get done because every day that goes by that racing Louisville is associated more with a scandal than with wins on the field. Uh, then that's bad news for the team as an organization and for the team as, as a part of this community. And it really is. I feel like I'm, it's a missed opportunity for the team. Cause I know, I know people, <laughs> I know it's easy to complain that all the players want to play in California and the California teams have such an easy job recruiting, but I do think minus the scandal, like Louisville is a place that people tend to want to be once they're here. Uh, and I do think like the, the team really could capitalize on You're that. It could it be exactly a good right. recruitment. It's what? been a complete missed opportunity, Zach, yeah. because what Louisville racing Louisville had going for it that was going to be the selling point was, hey, look at this great stadium. Hey, look at the support we give a second division men's team. Hey, look at this great training facility. Hey, look at what we're building in this city. Hey, the cost of living here is one third of what it is in Los Angeles or San Diego. And you're still going to be going there four times a year yeah. and you can live wherever you want in the off season. Like well, and the, like a it's, it's mind numbing that instead the conversation is going to be about whether or not it's a safe place to play when I know damn well that the vast majority of the people who work for that organization want nothing more than a safe and positive environment, but it can't be looked at that way until something else is said or done and they could have come out stronger and didn't. And that will always hang over their heads. Yeah. Um, we have more to come on that one, but certainly down downstream impacts will will happen in in one way shape or form so we will see um can we talk about the positive news the yeah. new assistant coach signing and 
I think one of the best personnel moves the team has made. Also, a person who came here because of like the city of Louisville and wanting to live live here specifically. Like an example of what I'm saying is like it could be a good recruitment tool. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say her last name wrong. Bev Bev Yanez. 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 Uh, our new assistant coach. We learned from... how to say Bjorkagrin. I'm sure we'll learn how to say this too. <laughs> we'll get I it realized eventually. as I was reading it that like, oh, I've not actually heard it said. I've only read <laughs> the name. Uh, yeah. But yeah, coming from Gotham, she's got Louisville ties. I think uh, her husband played for University of Louisville. She's um, has spent off seasons here in the past. I know. So I, I think um like former player experience in the league I, I think everything we said we wanted from from front office personnel and assistant coach hire i think she fits the bill on all those yeah i mean a, a female with uh with not only past coaching experience but also past playing experience in the league like on paper it sounded great with me i'm not going to pretend like i knew a bunch about her beforehand but uh but, you know, from, from what I've heard, there's not been really anybody disappointed in, in that hire. So it seems like it's certainly a move in the right direction. I hope the, the eventual GM hire is A, coming sooner than later, and B, is uh, looks just as good. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, but unfortunately, optics are going to be every bit as important as as qualifications. I mean, obviously, the qualifications are in some way going to inform the optics, but how the GM looks uh, on on paper and to the rest of the league is going to be as important as whether or not they're good at their job. And that's 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 an unfortunate spot to be in. But uh, they're, they're also going to have to do a lot of defining about who answers to whom within the organization and where bucks stop, because uh, as long as James O'Connor's name is attached to racing in any way, then or soccer holdings in any way, there are going to be questions that have to get answered about that. And so uh, this GM hire, it's got to be a home run, and we got to know who hired them and how. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So here's see how that plays out. So one last thing I want to go over with uh, with racing was what are your guys' expectations for next season? And I guess you can we can kind of morph expectations into predictions as well. So if we're talking about what my over underline is for like I'm content with the season versus I'm happy with season versus I'm disappointed with the season, I think my middle ground for next season is I would like if the team is coming into the last week of season, the season with a playoff berth still on the table, like actually in that, in that, uh, which would have been like the six, seven range fighting for that last playoff spot. That's sort of my expectation for next season. It's not a ton of growth from the season. It's, uh, but I'd like to see that, goal differential get closer to to the zero margin and i'd like to see them at least in the playoff conversation coming into the end of the season yeah i think that my my expectation is they need to have a year that is more about what's happening on the field and what's happening off of it 
so that is, is, is block one that if we come into the end of the year next year, and we're talking about how they played and why they played that way and how we were evaluating the players and not having conversations about off the field, whether that's player turnover, whether that's scandal, whether that's coaching changes, whatever it would be, if that's the conversation, that'll be, that that's a good start one. I think as far as on the field goes to me, I, I really do feel like it's, it's like two pieces away. It's like two pieces that are impact players and then like three extra usable bodies away from being a team that can compete for third, fourth in the table. I mean, when I said, you know, eight draws and five losses by one goal, if you improve your goal differential by eight goals, you're talking about a team that is in sixth place this year. And so that's that's the you can see the potential for a big turnaround. And so I'll say that I want to see it because that would be the product of what Kim was coach uh, was preaching this year about what he wanted to see on the field. Well, now you got the chance to get your personnel lined up. You got an offseason to implement it. Well, let's go get it and change that goal differential by eight. And you could have a year where your points look really handsome. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the league was lo- wide open this last this last season. I mean, basically, first through seventh <laughs> were could have finished in almost any order coming in to the end of the season. So, really, just a little bit of a bump up into that area. It, it is not much of a difference between getting up to seventh and getting up to third or second. Yeah, I I, I hope that they're flirting with the playoffs. Um, through the end of next um, next year, I mean, when when you look at at last year, I feel like we're a little fortunate to get the ninth since we got those uh, those three um, three wins in our uh, in the last four games. A little, a little fortuitous, but uh, but yeah, I'm hoping that they can get a few more wins, can uh, convert some a few of those draws into wins, and I think if they make a bit more, you know, I I, I just want to see a little bit more progress than we saw in the past season, a, a bigger jump, if that makes sense. So I think you said it well, Zach, about that six, seventh spot would probably be the, the sweet spot there. But I think a ben, huge I thought you had taken jump. over my purple colored glasses uh, since I left the air. I thought that you were going to be my overly positive guy. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, this team with a couple of really key spots, specifically center back, I, I, I'm not kidding. I can see this team finishing third or fourth next year if five things go right. But if two things go wrong, then yeah, we're probably talking about how, is it is it a close to a playoff team? So I do have purple tinted glasses. Everyone, I try to I try to be I try to be realistic with these. If anything, a little cautious on my on my on my predictions and whatnot. I I'm, I agree with you. Like that that that's absolutely could be in the cards. I think there's a there's a great foundation there, and especially with the continuity of having the same coach, same playing style, and just adding upon that, we could certainly see that big big jump up. But uh, and then just, to completely flip flop on what I just said, I'm pretty sure every team in the league had like seven ties. So every yeah. team in the league is saying, "Hey, we're five goals away from being you know top of the table." So mm-hmm. uh, I, I understand that that's optimistic to possibly the point of absurdity but if we can't be optimistic about a team's chances then then what are we doing yeah Yeah. i mean them them competing for the top of the table would not be any weirder than what happened with kansas city between the year before last and and last year so i mean it's certainly 
the league, the league is wide open. There's, there's not a huge difference between the best and worst teams in the league as far as soccer leagues go. So it is very small changes that could take the team either from finishing lower than they did this year or, or competing for the top of the table. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm just pretty sure just, Zach just I, predicted a championship season. So uh, that's awesome. And thank you, Zach. I'm hard excited work. to see it come to happen. My prediction is I'll be disappointed with the kits. If, if I'm putting, if I'm putting money down, that's my main prediction for next season. Uh, unfortunately there's yeah there's no way they can it compare it can only go downhill which stinks but i hope it's like still good though you know now we'll give see. you a nice black kit how about that zach oh boy <laughs> i would love another black kit you know, i just don't this? want to hear the word clean applied to the kit the i don't want to hear clean with to, faint uh, the crest. i don't want to hear clean applied to the kit i am tired of clean yeah, you got a chance to make any kind of a statement. You may as well make a bold one. And I, I thought hear that the original kits for, for racing were like, hey, come check this out. And yep. uh, a, a step backwards from that is going gonna, is gonna to be a bummer. So you hope that they come up with something special. But yeah, I, if for any uh, soccer holdings kit release, I, I just sort of hold my breath and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm team loud and proud. So we'll see what they come up with. Who knows? All right. Any uh, any additional thoughts on racing before we pivot over and talk about the boys in purple? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to pivot. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.